0: Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And today's special guest is Patrick Sullivan of 2600 Hertz. Welcome,
1: Patrick. Thank you, Scott. It's
0: an honor to have you. We've been friends for, I would say, 20 years, something like 20 years.
1: God, it's funny how the time flies, and it's funny how both of our hair kind of just disappears (laughs) at the same time. We're
0: staring at each other. We're both very handsome, bald people here. So I hope uh, the audience can visualize that. Uh, So Patrick's CEO of 2600 Hertz, which is a telecom startup. Um, and there's a lot to talk about here. It's a fantastic service. We're actually using the service. We really love
1: it, but Patrick, maybe give kind of just the high level of what 2600 Hertz does. Absolutely. So we build telecommunication infrastructure for business communications. And what that means is we really focus on building a platform that is not just a phone, but it's actually an integration of your phone, uh, and any type of dynamic call handling or routing you can do. So imagine it's almost like a Ring central meets a Twilio and all together in a nice, beautiful bundle.
0: It's like a phone system in software, like there's no wires. There's nothing. I literally went
1: through the setup the other day
0: and it's like provision this phone click through, you know, forward this it's all
1: through software. It's all through the web. It's pretty amazing. Thanks, Scott. I yeah. will uh, definitely put you up on our <laughs> testimonial at the, uh, on the website, but I agree. Uh, so how did you get into this business?
0: Like you're, you started this company what, five or six years ago. Like, what was the path to starting the company?
1: So the path was actually pretty interesting. Um, I was at a bar, and I was having some cocktails. That's how all good stories start. And next thing you know, one of my buddies comes to me and says, Hey, I heard uh, you're pretty good at business. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And he's like, well... <laughs> I uh, I had this great idea on how we we're going to disrupt uh, this major industry, um, you know, and I need someone who handle the business side and I'll handle the technical side. And I had a couple more cocktails and finally, you know, right at this point, I wasn't super excited about my current job just because I was working about five hours a week and you know, learning nothing and every day I felt like I was dumber than the day before.
0: To interject there, you're working five hours a week because you're like the greatest sales person of all time and well, so you basically were managing this huge
1: sales team and I, kicking ass i would describe it as more of i had amazing people who worked for me and so they did all the work and i just uh was pretty so yeah and the the joke of the time was i tell my friends i'm like literally i'm dumber today than i was yesterday and then tomorrow i'll be dumber than i am today so i probably should do something important because literally my brain is just turning off every day And so, after a couple more cocktails, he's like, hey, you know, this is going to be awesome. We're going to disrupt this major industry. And the funny thing is, I didn't even ask him whether the industry was. I was like, (laughs) you know, why not? Let's do this. Uh, You know, and for some reason, I I felt a little cocky. I was like, you know what? And this is probably after a couple old fashions. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, I've never really failed at anything. So, might as well try something, you know. so. The next day, I wake up and I get a text message from him. He's like, I'm super excited that we're starting this business together. And so I text him back. I'm like, I thought that was a joke. So we meet for lunch. I'm like, okay, what are we disrupting? He's like, telecommunications. And I was like, oh my God, that is the boringest thing I've ever heard of. He's like, that's the beauty of it. He's like, everybody's trying to disrupt, you know, social and everybody's trying to do something exciting, you know, but telecom, like, literally there hasn't been anything really cool um besides the iphone and things like that but anything behind the scenes like sends voicemail he's like it really from a business communication perspective hasn't done anything cool and exciting forever and so his whole idea was this is kind of at the beginning of the whole cloud revolution and he his whole idea was like let's let's take all the really cool things that google did um which is a distributed you know, network uh, with servers and so that if you actually build a cluster of servers together and then put them in multiple data centers, the system will always be up and running if, even if data centers go down. And in telecom, traditionally, they only would put a single server on site or they put a single server in the so-called cloud and you'd still have a single point of failure, so the system would never always be up and running. And looking back on that, it was actually pretty genius at the time just because this was really early on in the cloud days and no one was doing this. Yeah. And so it's funny, over the last six and a half years, you know, that's all we've been focused on is how do you make a completely distributed system that has no single points of failure, and that you can actually, it's almost like Skynet, uh, where it can actually self-heal itself and add servers, you know, to the cluster. And the cool thing is we accomplished it. And, you know, we thought people, and the other cool thing is we actually open-sourced the core of it, which we're like, hey, we'll give it to the world, and everybody can play with it. The funny part about that is uh, we thought people would be like, you know, you know, shouting our names from rooftops and saying, well, you guys have changed the world. <laughs> uh, it turns out at the time when we finally launched it, no one really cared. Um, why maybe- is that? Like, why... Well, two reasons. We were uh, we built the whole system based on APIs, so we thought everybody would want to make their own kind of interface. We thought people would want to make, you know, if you're an accounting firm, you'd make your own interface for other accounting firms and mm. stuff like that. If you only dealt with hospitals, you'd make your interface basically just for hospitals so they didn't have to deal with, you know, yeah. anything that they didn't need. Turns out people don't like to do that either. Uh, it's so too much work. It, exactly. And it's more of like, okay, well, I see the power of a distributed system. System, but, you know, I like to click on things. And so, we made a demo interface. Um, this was about three years ago. And the funny part was, all of a sudden, people started to come in droves. And people were like, wow, this is really cool. Um, the, what we were trying to explain to them, were like, this is just a demo interface. Yeah. People actually started to see the real power of the system. Um, And it got really interesting around that time because then all of a sudden some of the bigger companies were coming in. They're like, hey, we've been playing around with your demo interface on the open source solution. Uh, You know, we really want to start, you know, partnering with you closer and closer. Were those
0: like resellers or were those like big telecom or were they enterprise customers or what was it? Well,
1: (laughs) it's interesting. From a business standpoint, we really focused on resellers at the beginning um, because we knew they were kind of the lowest hanging uh, fruit. What we really aimed for was like managed service providers, people who provide IT services for, you know, different companies. And these resellers, it was easy because we gave them a white label solution. So it could be like Billy Bob's, you know, reseller. And then now he's Billy Bob's phone system. And he would go in and deploy this phone system into all of his customers. And what was great for him is it made him extremely sticky. Like, they all of a sudden couldn't say, hey, you know, we want to get rid of Billy Bob because we have his phone system. And we have no idea how, (laughs) you know, how are we going to replace this thing? It just works all the time. Yeah um and so the resellers was amazing for us but then what was interesting you know when we started this company we never really thought about focusing on the resellers we were thinking about the big guys like the verizons of the world mm-hmm. the atts yeah. the apples of the world and things like that and slowly but surely uh we started to go up market and i think one of the key pieces here was because we had an open source solution a lot of the big guys, their engineers would find us, and they start oh, deploying it on site. That's interesting. And then all of a sudden, someone would say, "Hey, you know, I think we should uh, have a giant Cisco system in." Someone's like, "Well, literally within ten minutes, I deployed this whole system. It actually does much more than what that's Cisco amazing. could do. It's um, kind of like the
0: GitHub or some of the other tool companies. Exactly. Strategy.
1: Well, and I, I hate that this is on a podcast. But my <laughs> old joke was, you know, we are the drug dealers of telecom because. It, it, The first, you know, the first one is free, get hooked on the core. And then all of a sudden they'd come in and they'd be like, wow, you know, we need support contracts now. Great. Fantastic. You know, we have support contracts. And now we're actually at a point of the evolution of the company, which is, you know, we we call ourselves an open core, which means the core will always be open source. Um, people, which can, is
0: cool. That's a huge societal benefit. You know, oh, it's absolutely. like awesome that you guys do that.
1: Well, it, especially when you think about like you know how complex the core can be because it's a distributed system that you can literally deploy around the world. And it's all integrated together. Yeah. Now the core is always open source, but now what we're doing is we're coming out with an app source so that people can turn on and turn off apps. Mm. Um, and so it's. Kind of going along with the developer community where they can now build their apps. So, you know, like we have this one guy, he's building an app for ambulances. And so, oh. What they can do in the ambulance is they can put an iPad in the ambulance and then, you know, whenever they pick up a victim, it streams back the video to the ER so they can set the ER up before the ambulance gets there. Oh, my God. Um, and all he did was connect to a couple different APIs and it's up and running. Wow. He, he built that like in a day. So that future that you saw like five years ago is actually starting to happen now. Yeah, well, had to basically
0: seed the market a little bit.
1: And Scott, as you know, in business, it's a, uh, you know, I think personal timelines, you're thinking, wow, we can crank this out in a year and then six and a half years later, you're like, okay, it's yeah, finally starting yeah, to happen. And, yeah. you know, I think that's how all
0: good business are. It's the overnight success that took 10 years to get to. I mean, uh, you, people exactly. don't know this because they just find us. But people don't know Vanessa started cruise consulting four years ago. You know, it's like it takes a long time to build these things.
1: Well, and I think it was like Reed Hoffman was talking about LinkedIn, which is also in, in 2007, you know, everybody's like, oh my God, where did LinkedIn come from? Yeah. And Reed Hoffman's like, we've been around since 98. And just everybody <laughs> just ignored us until all of a sudden one day you weren't ignoring us. And so I think that's kind of where we're at, you know, because we're finally at the place where you know, the big companies are now coming to us and they're like, Hey, we've deployed your stuff for you know last six months. We've been testing it. And now, you know, we want to move on to the next, you know, evolution. Yeah. That's Um, huge. That's amazing. Yeah. It's exciting. It's absolutely exciting. Well, it's also funny because, uh, and Scott, I think you and I briefly chat about this, which is when we first started the company, we were like all young little entrepreneurs, not really knowing what we're doing. I mean, we still don't really know what we're doing, but We started the company. We went to a bunch of investors, yes, and we're like, yes. "Hey, you know, Mister, Mrs. Angel investor, Mister, or Mr. or Mrs. VC, uh, we're trying to change telecommunications." Blah 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 blah, and they're always the common response was, "You guys should build an app." And we're like, you're missing the point. We're building a platform. We're building we're this building whole the thing. building the plumbing you know? for all the apps. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's funny. It's like if you guys ever watched Silicon Valley, like, you know, that was our life at that yeah, point. You yeah. know, where the VCs are like, no, just build an app. Like, apps <laughs> are cool. Like, that's what people want. And then what was entertaining was also in a company by the name of Twilio yeah. started to get some real market share. And they were spending a ton of money on marketing, and which was fantastic because they were kind of educating the public on what a developer API is yep. for telecom. Yep. And next thing you know, all these VCs started to call us. And they're like, hey, you know, we talked to you guys about building an app. You didn't do that, you know. Um, but but now, you were smart not to do it. Yeah, well, they're like, now we think you should just only focus on what Twilio is doing. Yeah. Just build, you know, a couple simple APIs, you know. And that's that should be your end goal. And we're like, why would we want to compete with Twilio? They just raised like $100 million. Yeah. And they're about to raise another $100 million. Yeah. And yeah. they're going to out-market us on everything. Yeah. Um, we would rather compete on the bigger picture, which is how do you have an actual business phone system and all these API calls you can interconnect with, where right now, Twilio can connect a business phone system to their service. All they have is a couple of just basic APIs. And so, you know, we couldn't convince the VCs that that was the right solution. So we self-funded it. Um, I was gonna ask you, let me ask you that. How much venture capital have you taken? To, uh, to date, zero dollars. That's we really, taken really, Zero angel dollars. Yeah. We have, uh, it's completely employee owned. Um, the entire company is 100% employee owned. And it's been a, a wild ride. My old joke is if I had hair, it'd be gone now. Um, <laughs> but it, it's funny because, you know, we get a lot of people that come to me and they're like, how did you guys do it? You know, yeah. like you guys. Yeah, just- how did you guys do it? I, I mean, we're 100% bootstrapped
0: too. And I know how we did it. And it's through, working crazy hours and saving money and not paying ourselves very much and all these kind of things it's it's brutal yeah it's really hard but you get to the point where we are now where you are and it's like holy cow yeah this is like the gift i gave myself over a five-year period it's amazing
1: yeah well and we're pretty similar to you guys um when we first started out i took a step back and i'm like okay what do we have right now um it's just me and my co-founder this guy darren schreiber um And he's, you know, pretty well known in the telecom open source community. And so I kind of looked back, I took a step back, I'm like, we don't really have any software um, because we're building it right now. We don't have a product, (laughs) so I can't sell that. It's not a lot there. Yeah. So, you know, and I I can't get resellers yet because we have nothing to resell. I'm like, well, I had one person. I had this brilliant engineering mind, you know, who is a real visionary where the industry is going. I was like, I can sell that. Yeah. So... You know, and you had the
0: sales and marketing background. Like you were really good at this stuff.
1: Well, I wouldn't say I was really good. I think I was just really scrappy, which yeah. is slightly different. You know, yeah. like scrappy is like when you're against the wall, you have no other options. Yeah. So you're like yeah. either the fun is over, um, and I quit this high-paying job and you know easy cush job and easy life to like this hard life, and it's about to be. You know, the music's almost over. Yeah. So. It was entertaining because we started to give a couple of speeches at different conferences about where we see the industry, um, and we saw, got out of the blue. We got a phone call from you know a supposedly major carrier. Uh, they might be called Deutsche Telekom in other places. <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny this, um, but they called us and they're like, "Hey, we want to talk to you. You know, we heard one of your speeches." And the funny thing is, at the time, we're working out of Darren's apartment in uh, the hate. And um, they're like, we'll come to your office and we want to meet with you. And we're like, eh, first of all, we don't believe that you guys are really Deutsche Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, This is a crank call, right? Yeah, because we get this all the time. We get people who are like, hey, we heard you guys talk. We have no money, but we have some good ideas. Let's work together. And we're like, well, we don't need good ideas. We have plenty of good ideas. We need money. And so, you know, they're like, we want to come to your office. Well, we had no office. So, and this was before even like the workspace, you know, era. So there was literally nowhere to go. So, we told them, we like, okay, well, there's a nice little coffee shop. Uh, it's called uh, Squat and Gobble. Uh, you know, and if you guys are ever in the hate area, that's a great place to eat lunch. We're like, that's a, what time are you going to be there? They're like, well, 11 o'clock. We're like, that's, that's when we're at Squat and Gobble. That's our <laughs> you know, off-site meeting. We've tried to get away from all the employees and stuff. And they're like, okay, we'll meet you there. <laughs> that was really good. Well, what got crazy is that they called us back. They're like, hey, we have to change it to 2 o'clock because we're running late. And we're like, well... What a coincidence. That's our second offsite <laughs> meeting at Squad and Gobble. So twice a
0: day we meet at yeah. Squad and Gobble.
1: So we're sitting at the Squad and Gobble, and if you've ever been there, hey, there's a bunch of panhandlers and yeah, it's a yeah. it's a different type of crowd. Yeah. And also we see two guys in full suits, you know, three P suits, and yeah. you know, like they're very three European telecom yes, executives. And they're yeah. very tall and they're very like <laughs> just looking around like, where are we? And yeah. we're sitting there and, you know, I'm sitting there with a the baseball cap on, you know, my co-founder has like a t-shirt and some shorts yeah. and some sandals on and they sit down, and they look at us, and I think they could not want to get out of there faster. Oh, my God. But they looked at us, and they're like, okay, how about this? You guys bring your team down to our office. We're in Menlo Park. You know, we want to talk to you guys. And, you know, if everything works out, we have a really big project coming out, and we would love for you guys to be wow. kind of the consulting arm. And I'm like, that sounds fantastic. We'll, and they're like, yeah, be there on Monday of next week. I'm like, fantastic. They leave, and sudden, I look at Darren, and he's like, you know we have no team. <laughs> So I looked at him. I was like, "We don't have a team yet." So we literally called a bunch of our friends and family, and we're like, "Hey, we just need you to come down with us." Wow, you did that. That's Stand amazing. There, bring your laptops. You don't have to. You can be look at Facebook, but they ask you a question. That's amazing. Do not answer it. Just yeah. pretend like you don't speak the language, yeah. and you know whatever. You know they're not going to ask you. Look any questions. quizzically
0: at me, exactly. and I will answer the question.
1: Absolutely. So we did the horse and pony show we brought in you know about six other people we sat down at this table we're kind of going over everything you know darren was phenomenal he's talking about the vision of telecommunications and where it's going and how you know desk phones are there will always be around but they're going to be used less and you know communications are going to be in every device and you know everything's going to be tightly integrated loosely coupled And it was amazing. And then they were talking to me about the business, and then they looked at it. They're like, does any of your other engineers want to talk? I'm like, no, they don't really talk. They get nervous. (laughs) And so they just sat there, and I swear to God, they're still all playing on Facebook for like an hour. And so the guy pulls me into the room. He's like, hey, you know, we're ready. Let's sign a contract right now. That's amazing. Yeah, well, then it got weird because... They came in, they're like, well, what's your t- general terms? Well the thing is I've never put together a yeah, contract yeah, like this. Yeah. So I'm literally texting one of my buddies who's done these contracts under the table, and I'm like, Hey, how much do you usually charge uh-huh. for consulting? He's like two twenty five an hour. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Okay. So I looked at this guy straight in the face and I was like, Okay, we're obviously gonna have to negotiate down to two twenty five, so yeah. I gotta start at three. So three hundred dollars won't take a penny less. And the guy's like done. I'm like <laughs> That's amazing. cha Um So did you basically fund the company for the first couple of years off of the consulting deals? That's how we funded the company. Yeah. And so then we literally... And the good thing is because we were so tightly integrated with the open source community, we knew who the oh. really good engineers were. And then we called them up. We're like, hey, guys, a company like Deutsche Telekom, <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny, uh, may or may not sign a massive you know consulting contract with us. And now we actually have to have people to have consulting you for you want them. to work on it? Yeah. So... That's how it all started. We uh, and that's pretty much what funded the company just to get our product out the ground. Yeah, that's and so, super scrappy, yeah. though.
0: That's amazing. Super, super duper scrappy.
1: Yeah. Um, and I hope these guys supposedly from Deutsche Telekom are not listening <laughs> to this podcast. Uh, if they are, you know, they're super happy with us because we killed it for the consulting. Piece, are they still you know? running like whatever? What did you build for them? Was it the you basically built your product that for mm. them? Well, they had a. They wanted to build a very simple switch, mm-hmm. um, and they yeah, were like looking to switch. you know eventually come into the u s market. Mm-hmm. I think eventually and they had some weird regulations. Mm-hmm. I think they eventually moved the project into Germany. it launched there, and I think they might have scrapped it after a couple of years. Mm-hmm. but you know from our point of view it's we literally had at that point now we had two jobs. we had yeah. to do the consulting yeah. during the day, and yeah. literally at night, you know the engineers come back to our office and we just start you know cranking out code until yeah. like two in the morning That's so. amazing. Um, Talk about
0: motivating too. It's like they can see the future and they can see that people want this stuff. And so it's like, I always find that like, when you know there's demand, it's way easier to build something because you know you're just so driven, you know?
1: Well, and that's the thing is that, and I I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs all the time. um, And I think one of their biggest problems is, you know they believe in themselves to a certain point and then they stop believing themselves mm. or they stop believing in the market. It's like the dip Seth yeah. Gooden's dip. Yeah. And the problem is, you know, a lot of times you you just literally have to fight through that yeah. and just be like, okay, trust me, this is going to work out. Yeah. Something's going to work out. Yeah. We were working way too hard for there's nothing to ever work yeah. out on stuff. And I know that, you know, people will hear about the bad stories of it just eventually doesn't work out. And yeah, that could happen. But you hear more than not about companies that, you know, if they just hung out or they barely hung on for like the last two minutes and then they, yeah. you know, it finally just took off.
0: Itself. I see this all the time. It's one of the reasons like in every presentation we give, we're always talking about extending your runway, be smart with cash, be conservative, oh, yeah. give yourself three to six extra months because it always takes longer than you think. And I've, I, it's, it's heartbreaking to say, but I've seen a lot of companies that finally get product market fit with like two months left of cash and they can't, they don't have enough proof to raise no. more money, and it's, like, it's a total heartbreaker. Well,
1: and that's the tricky part of when you're raising money. Yeah. Um, and then you have to play the game, which yeah. is, hey, I need to hit these expectations by this date. Otherwise, the game's over. Yeah, We were in a funny situation because we had recurring revenue, but we didn't have a lot of recurring revenue from mm. this consulting project. Yeah. And we were also really aggressive because we wanted to hire some really great engineers yeah. and stuff. And so we got in this weird situation where my run—well, re- let me take a step back. A good friend of mine, she started a company around the same time and they were killing it, absolutely killing it. But she was dealing with the VCs and all of a sudden, you know, after the first round, she's getting her second round and they tried to play hardball, and they're like, you know, we're just going to delay the funding of this until you give us all the terms and conditions. Yeah. Total it's, normal tactic yeah. for VC. So her and I, we grabbed dinner and we're talking and she literally just starts crying in front of me. And I'm like, well, why are you crying? She's like, the stress is killing me. She's like, we're literally going out of business, and these VCs can save us, yeah. but they're not willing to do it until we give them all the terms. Yeah. I'm like, well, okay, well, what's your run rate? She's like, you know, literally, we'll be out of cash in eight months. I literally, oh, I had a, a drink in my mouth. I spit it out. Yeah. I start laughing. I'm like, yeah. do you know what my run rate is? She's like, what? Well. I'm like, 15 days. Every 15 days, I have to figure out enough money to pay payroll. That's so, the payroll. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, like, yeah, I'm like, eight months. I'd kill for an eight-month yeah, run rate. I'm like, yeah, you yeah. got plenty yeah. of time. Don't yeah. worry about it. Just figure, you know, focus on your business. And yeah. trust me, you know, even if you get the numbers in order, that's better than just begging these VCs yeah. to like, try to yeah. get Eight so. months is
0: plenty of time. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but everything's a, perspective. but you
0: basically kind of, yeah, it's perspective, right? You yeah. became comfortable with that shorter time frame. Oh, I'm yeah. sure it was very stressful.
1: Well, it, it changes your mindset and what stress is. Yeah. Um, and you can't take it as stress anymore. You just have to take a step back and look at like the bigger picture. And this is reality. Is this down. is where I live in. Yeah. One of my friends pointed out best. She's like, before I go to bed every night, I imagine tomorrow's my last day and I'm literally dying and tomorrow's my last day. And she's like, all of a sudden. All stress stretch just disappears because yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, you know, this person just signed a contract. Who cares? Tomorrow's my last day. Yeah. You know? And so I didn't do anything like that extreme, yeah. but you take it, you'll go crazy if you let yeah. the job stress you out like that. Right. So you have to figure out what works that, best for you and stuff. I've learned
0: that the hard way too. But now, yeah, I'm in a, it's a, it's way easier now. What are some, just a couple tips for bootstrapping? Because like, what, what did you, I mean, th- that's an amazing story. Using the consulting revenue to fund the product development. What other, like, little things did you Did you, like, co-share office space? Did you, you know, what other little things helped you extend your runway?
1: Well, I think the key is don't listen to the hype. Yeah. Um, so people will tell you, like, hey, you know, a strong engineer in Silicon Valley costs $150,000 or $200,000. Mm-hmm. Or if they're at Google, it's like, now they're all making, like, $400,000 yeah. yeah. and stuff. And so what we learned really quickly, which is, I can't hire people in Silicon Valley. Yeah. So what I did was I started to put Craigslist posting all over the country, and then I find someone really good. We vet them out. We talk to them. We you know have them submit some code, and then we literally would move them from like Tennessee or Kentucky or whatever. and then we it was a lot cheaper to move them from oh, where they are to Silicon Valley because they don't really know what the cost of living yet. <laughs> <laughs> and then and this is not for us to be like you know you know deceitful, but the goal is. We get them out here and then, you know. Yeah. But there's also
0: a huge value to opening them up to that opportunity. Oh, absolutely. And they're working on something they really like. And that's the thing. That's what people forget.
1: A lot of times people are like, I'm just going to sell the product and the value of working in this company based on your salary. And to me, it's like I we t- never had that option. Can't agree. Can't yeah. can't agree more. That is sorry, sorry. <laughs> can't agree. <laughs> <All laughs> I right, right. stop myself. All right, Scott Orn. <laughs> yes, I disagree. No, so if you want to make a lot 100%. of money, come work at Cruise yeah. Consulting. It's
0: like if you if you enj- what is enjoying your work worth to you? It's oh, totally. Worth more than money. It's super valuable. I mean, we pay people very competitively, and we want people to be motivated. But it, but you can't just you don't want to hire a bunch of hired guns. Oh, absolutely. You know?
1: Well, and at the end of the day, I mean, they do all these studies on it, which is engineers especially are not motivated by money yeah as long as they're making enough to survive and you know little away for savings they're fine yeah they're motivated by the work they're doing and so if you give them a challenging problem they're excited about that and if you put them on a team that are awesome people and they're really great to be around they're super excited about yeah and so we really focus on things and this is a little cliche but we do things like camping trips you know or go to take the team out to the movie yeah what we learned is that they start bonding with each other and they start liking each other. And, you know, if you like what you're doing, you know, and you're excited about the team you're working with and you're making enough money to survive and, you know, prosper a little bit, you're not going to be like looking for another job. And right now, you know, our engineers probably get prospected by, you know, recruiters. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably get 20 to 30, you know, emails a week um, wow. just wow. saying, hey, we heard about you guys. We're doing X, Y, Z and telecom. We want you and the funny thing is, in the last six and a half years, I think we have a turnover of you know, two, maybe three people wow. in six and a half wow. years. That's um, awesome.
0: So you built a really good culture there.
1: Well, we built a good culture. And to be clear, that's two or three people that we were sad that they left. Yes. I'm um, familiar with the uh, yeah. difference between... Uh, we also learned that uh, it's hard to fire people. I don't like firing people. So I learned a little trick is that you know, if you don't think someone's working out for one reason or another... Instead of firing them, just find them another job. It's really easy to find people jobs right now. And then, you know, it it happened three times where I found someone who's not working well for us, but I thought they could work well some other company. So I just contacted them and they hired them away from us. And it was fantastic because- I saw the
0: Basecamp founder said, success is very situational. And it's kind of what you're talking about, is like they may not be succeeding in your environment, but they could be successful in another environment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: And we just didn't need them at the time, but yeah. they worked their tails off. And yeah. here's the thing, I don't want to fire someone who, you know, puts all they're in, you know, and it yeah. just they might not be the right piece at that time. Yeah. So, you know, my point of view is like help them out, help them get the next job. Yeah. And all these people have always remembered it. And they've actually recommended us to everybody else. And it, it It's not just making you feel good. It's just kind of the right thing to do. Um, And if you take care of your employees, this is why I think we don't have turnover because the employees are excited to be there, you know, and they're like, hey, you know, we know that these guys, if for something went wrong, they will be there to help us out to figure out, you know, how to fix the solution. I totally agree. That's awesome. So
0: uh, be scrappy. Use the consulting revenue to help build the product. Be really smart on how you hire. Be creative on how you hire. And hire people who love Absolutely love what they're
1: building. Yeah. Well, and also, I think early on your uh, company, there's a weird transition. We really focused on smart, intelligent people and that we could train. Um, And so, we're really focused on the training of these smart, intelligent people. And so, we got a lot of people straight out of college. um, And, you know, we were very creative where we got these people, as we talked about earlier. It's funny. Eventually, your company does this transition. And usually around the 20-person mark, that's when the transition starts happening. And... Someone people have always told me that this is going to happen, and I didn't believe them. I was like, No, no, no. Our you know philosophy of just keep on training, training, training people. You know, it really works out because then they feel like really like they're part of something bigger. Yeah, and they're learning, and then you you know, in the long run, as long as they stay, you know, you get huge benefits out of this. What we learned though, right when you hit that twenty person mark, it's don't hire young. You know, don't just hire young smart people. Look for experience because that 20 person mark, that's when you actually need the middle management layer. That's uh, when you start needing the people who can you can say, hey, look, they can go run off with like three or four good, smart people and they can train. them. They can yeah, figure that out. Yeah. And we're now I think we're at like 37 or 38 people. And it's funny, like over the last year, that transition was really hard. Yeah. Um, but now I can totally see that. But it's interesting now that you get the right people, you know, to kind of manage the other people. Oh, my God. Our lives have been a million times better. Uh, And the product is just shooting. You know, our product development cycle is going so much faster. And we have so many mini pod teams that, you know, we are just cranking things out so much faster than we ever did when we were a tiny little, you know, 20 person office and stuff. That's amazing. Dude, those are really good tips. So where like
0: where is 2600 Hertz going? Like what's next on the horizon for you guys?
1: Someone told me a long time ago, don't ever worry about your end goal. Worry uh, about your product, yeah. and then the product will figure out the end goal. Yeah. They were right. However, it's not as fun that way when you're just thinking about the product yeah, all mean the time.
0: Yeah, I mean the product, too. Because like yeah. what, you, know, you guys have always been on the forefront of like telecom and the cloud. Like yep. what's, what's the next step?
1: I, I think our next step is really focusing. It's interesting. We have more international business than we ever imagined. Wow. Um and that's mainly because of the open source, you know, yeah. project. Yeah. Um, I mean if you look like Russia, like who would have guessed? Like literally at, you know, our last conference, um, you know, a couple engineers from Russia flew in and I think their their trans- English to you know the Russian to English translation yeah. was a little off. Yeah. But they come up to me and they're like Hey, my, and this is going to insult everyone <laughs> don't, who. Don't do, don't do <laughs> whoever is Russian and listening to this podcast, this is going to insult you immediately. But they're like, hey, Patrick, I just want to say, you know, you are like heroes in Mother Russia. <laughs> and I swear to God, they said Mother Russia. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't think you guys know what heroes mean. And so, uh, Um And they're like, at that point, they're like, you know what? We just want you to know that, you know, Kazoo, that's our product name, yeah. like, Kazoo has really opened up our world and now we can do all this crazy stuff. That's and awesome. I just really want to thank yeah. you and stuff. And that's the kind of cool things where you, you hear that stuff and you're like, wow, someone who i Global. never met Global. globally, yeah. blah, blah. And, you know, these guys don't pay us a dime. And that's okay. Yeah. because, But what they're doing is they're helping with the community. And these guys, they, they can't afford to pay us anything. But what they do is that they, you know, encourage the community to use the platform and they help with like ideas and suggestions yeah. and they also give them They're good feedback. It. And They're stuff. seeding it and in that's a whole, the whole other thing, continent, which is crazy. Which blows my mind because, you know, when I first started this project with my co-founder, Darren Schreiber. After a few cocktails. Yeah, after a few cocktails. <laughs> uh, I knew nothing about the open source community. Yeah. I knew nothing about that kind of developer world. Um, you know, I, I had an engineering background, but, you know, Scott, you know me is better than anybody. Like, yeah. the day, you know, it's probably been 15 years, maybe 20 years since the last time I coded. And so, it's been amazing kind of watching how this new mindset, which is, hey, you know, you keep on playing the seeds of your community and it will prosper in the yeah, long run. Yeah. Um, and it's funny cause you see like these old school companies, they still don't get it. And you know, these Goliaths, they're moving slow and they're, they just, they're like, well, we want to, we want to reach out to the developers. Yeah. I'm like, you don't just reach out to the developers. That's not how this works. You have to get them encouraged. You have you to them grow tools. them and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. You pr- give them the proper documentation. Yeah. So it's been a real journey and you know, from the start of this podcast, I told you how I literally was dumber every day. Yeah. Since the six and a half years, I swear to God, I think my brain, you know, it's been pushed a little bit too much. <laughs> um, I don't sleep much anymore. But at the end of the day, it's like I feel like every day I'm slightly smarter than the yeah. day before. Yeah. And even though I'm working way more and making way less than I used to, it's it's that happiness. It's that feeling of like, hey, you know, we're accomplishing something. Yeah. We're making, <laughs> as they say in Silicon Valley. We're making the world a better place, uh, and that but was my we are that yeah. literally was my air quotes. Uh, in <laughs> case you guys can't see that, um, but it's cool. I mean, it, it's exciting. That's why like anybody who's listening to this, and if they're thinking about starting a company, I mean, you know, it's scary, it's challenging, but the end of the day, it's it's worth it because yeah. you're like, wow, I'm actually doing something interesting, and you know, and, and interesting is all perspective, but. Yeah. You're doing something that's challenging and it's exciting. Um,
0: I I think you said it perfectly. Like, I wake up every day with a sense of purpose, and I know Vanessa does. And I know I can, I'm sure everyone listening can tell that, but your passion is infectious. It's really awesome. How dare you? How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can you tell everyone where to find 2600 Hertz and Kazoo
1: and and just give the quick pitch real fast? Absolutely. Uh, So if you go to. 2600 com 2600hz.com. Uh, that's our main website. And if you see it, you'll say, wow, this is hideous. And we are in the process <laughs> of working on that. Uh, you can go to 2600 org to see kind of the open source piece of it. Um, and we are having our big conference uh, in mid-October. So if you're in San Francisco and want to... Hang out with all the cool telecom nerds of the world. Yeah. Uh, people fly in from all around the world for it, and it's called KazooCon, so it should be lots of fun. Uh, and if you are a reseller out there and looking to add additional phone services to your repertoire and looking to make high margins and uh, white label it, Come check us out because uh, it's a great product and it's pretty much all automated now. So you just can get started the first day and it's pretty fun. And even someone as technologically uh, challenges me can
0: actually set it up and get it running. So we love it. We're using it. And thanks. Uh, thanks, Patrick. This was an awesome interview. really appreciate it. Scott, I really appreciate it. Thank cool. you so much. All right. Take care. care. Bye. You too. Bye.